I want to remind you that Jeremiah is writing his prophecy before the last two of Jacob's tribes go into captivity in the land of Babylon. When you read the Old Testament Scriptures, you get 12 chapters in the first book, and you meet a man by the name of Abraham, a man that God came to and told that one of his descendants will be the Savior. That he would have a people, that those people would be known as the people of God, a people that he would give an inheritance to, a physical people. Descendants from Jacob and his 12 sons. From Israel. People of the Messiah from the tribe of Judah. And we get the term Jews and Jewish from the tribe of Judah, the tribe of the Messiah that God would make them a people for Himself, sovereignly selected, given this inheritance, given covenant. And God would use those people as an illustration for the world that He has a people, that He sovereignly selects that are made up of every tongue and tribe and nation. A people that He has given an eternal inheritance to. For we are people of Christ, people of the Messiah, the one who is the Son, the one who is the heir of all things, and we're joint heirs with Him. There is a rich future for us. And as we approach a new year, my hope is not in 2021. My hope is in the Lord who gave Himself for me. And I am dependent on the promises of God. And one of the things that He has told us is that this age that we are in will end with the return of Christ. And then there's going to be ages to come. And in those ages to come, He's going to show to us kindness in Christ. I am so happy today I'm in Christ. I hope today that you are in Christ. I hope if you're not that you will enter 2021 in Christ. For that is where the hope is. That is where the future is. So God does have a people illustrated in the natural descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the 12 sons. But to those people that he entered into a covenant relationship with, as soon as he redeemed them from Egypt and brought them to Mount Sinai, 
and gave them the Ten Commandments, His covenant. A covenant they couldn't keep. For no human being outside of Christ has ever kept the covenant demands. Not a single person in this room, be they Jew or Gentile, has kept and can keep perfectly the covenant demands. And that inheritance that God gave the nation of Israel, that land, they could not keep forever for God came in the book of Deuteronomy and told them that if you keep the covenant, you can remain in the land. Your inheritance is dependent on your perfect obedience. But if you don't obey, I'm going to scatter you among the nations. And he began doing that in 722 B.C. And the lead prophet was Isaiah. And ten of the tribes will go into captivity. But it's in that great prophetic book from Isaiah where God made a promise. He said this, you can't keep the covenant, but I'm going to send the covenant keeper. He made that promise in Isaiah 42. He made it again in Isaiah 49. And oh, well, an illustration of that covenant keeper is found in chapter 53 of Isaiah. So ten tribes are gone, two are left. A few hundred years will go by, and then God will begin to scatter the final two tribes into captivity. The first ten by the Assyrians, the last two by the Babylonians. And the prophet on the scene, the prophet that has to delineate their rebellion against God, their breaking of the covenant, chapter after chapter after chapter, he points back to the Ten Commandments and he reminds them how they've broken them, but then tucked in this book, in the 31st chapter, written to people that couldn't keep the covenant, is the promise of a new covenant. A new covenant that the Lord Jesus, the night before He was betrayed, during the celebration of redemption, during the celebration of Passover, After the exodus, remember he took them to Mount Sinai and entered into the first covenant. And so as he celebrates the Passover again, that Passover of redemption, the Lord Jesus will institute what we've come to call the new covenant. A new covenant in his blood. Not in the blood of animals, but in his own blood. And it is that new covenant spoken of by Christ that we are going to celebrate today. And there might be in this building a communion table with a plaque from 1895 and silver chalices from 1876. Neither that table nor those chalices 
go back far enough in human history in this celebration. We must go back to the night that the Lord was betrayed. And we're going to remember that new covenant work as we end this, new, this year. The final week of this year, we're going to remind ourselves of something that is new and what it means for us, the people of God. What is it saying to us afresh and anew as we enter a new year? And to do that, let's read what Jeremiah would write as the last two tribes were going into captivity because they couldn't keep the covenant God gave at Mount Sinai. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And as I read this, you're going to discover how many times God says, I will do something. For this covenant is the sovereign work of God. This covenant is not the will of man or the work of man. It's the will and work of God and God alone. I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. I'll make this new covenant for all of my people. It won't be for those ten tribes of Israel that went into captivity in 722 by the Assyrians because they couldn't keep their land, their inheritance because of their disobedience. And it will not only be with the two southern tribes who are about ready to be deported by the Babylonians. No, it's going to be for all of my people. The new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke. God would redeem. Remember that the redemption of God's people took place before the covenant was given. You see, it was a covenant of obedience. And once again, the history of Israel becomes typical, a type, a picture, a shadow of the reality. For God will redeem a people, and something is to follow redemption. Not a life of disobedience, but a life of covenant-keeping. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law on tablets of stone. Is that what the text says? 
No, the text says that I will put my law within them. I'll write it not on tablets of stone, but I'll write it on their hearts. And I will be their God. And they shall be my people. No longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother saying, Know the Lord. For they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity. And I will remember their sin no more. Are you walking in forgiveness? Do you comprehend today that the maker of heaven and earth does not remember your sin? You remember it. If we were to pause for just a moment and run back through 2020 and 2019 and 2018, take an inventory of your whole life, there would be many a sin that you've not forgotten. And sometimes you hate yourself for that. You punish yourself for that. But can you enter 2021 understanding the new covenant? work of Jesus, to where with confidence you can say that my Creator, my Maker, has not only released me of my sins, forgiven me, releasing me of them, for you can know that you're forgiven but still remember. But not only knowing that He's released me of my sins, but that He has forgotten my sins? Can you imagine entering the presence of someone that you've grossly offended and yet sharing a meal, knowing that they can't remember a single thing you've done against them? Do you understand the power of the new covenant? The new covenant. Oh, we long for things that are new. I'm so glad that God made a day that was only 24 hours. And why is it that we as human beings almost look forward to a new day? You feel that way ever? I mean, yesterday was so rough you could hardly wait for today to start. You got that, right? And not only does He do, give us a new day, He gives us a new week. Why did God do that? 
new second, new minute, new hour, new day, new week, new month. I mean, he set up the calendar so we could have new months, new moons, and then new years and new ages. We understand the quest for something new. We read in the Word of God of a new name that He's going to give us. We read of the new Jerusalem. We read of the new heaven and the new earth. We read of the new song. And our heart quickens a beat when we read in Revelation that He is going to make all things new. I look forward to that. But there is something what we must remind ourselves of as we end this year and begin a new one. And it is the teaching of the new covenant. The benefit to us is forgiveness from God and the all-knowing God forgetting our sin. What a privilege is ours. But there are responsibilities that we have in this covenant with God, this new covenant. A new covenant in which His law is not written on stone. That first set which was broken and a new set written. You ever look at the second? First tablets broken, written a second time. Have you ever looked at the second son of Abraham, not the first that was the son of promise? You ever considered that? That it's not the first covenant, it's the second. I think it's all given to us that we might be reminded that it's not the first man, but it's the second man. This new covenant is a covenant of obedience on the part of the believer. And if you're claiming to be a Christian today, having entered into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, then you must understand that this new covenant brings a new creation, a new birth experience. The new covenant of Christ does not leave you in a life of disobedience. If there's not a hunger in your heart to obey the Lord, then don't rest thinking that you're redeemed. If there's not a love for the law of God and a quest to know the commands of your Father, do not rest in some confession you made 
or the raising of a hand or the passing through water. Don't rest on those things. For the raising of a hand and the passing through water does not redeem you. And you can know if you've been redeemed by whether or not there's a new love for obedience to God. The Lord Jesus does not know any disciples that don't desire obedience. And the final word that the Lord would give on this earth before He would pass into glory, go into all the world. And the command is to make disciples, baptizing and teaching them to do what? To observe, you know this, help me, All that I have commanded you. The call of the Lord in in discipleship is a call to obedience. If you know new covenant work, new birth experience, new creation experience, then you should know new obedience in your life. And if it's not there, then examine yourself whether or not you're in the faith. For God has called all of us that claim to know the Lord to a new community. Remember, he tells us this, that in his new covenant work, he's going to take Jewish people and Gentile people and put them together in one new man. So we are a new community of people who've experienced the new covenant work of Christ, who have that law written in our heart, who desire to be disciples, learners that will do all that He's commanded us to do. A new life of obedience. And if you do not know that, then question whether or not you're in the faith. You're a new babe if you're in Christ, and as a new babe you have a new desire, and you are craving the what? The milk of the Word. If you don't have a hunger for the Bible, to know the Word of God and the commands of God, then I would question whether or not you've had the new birth. There is one thing that I could encourage our congregation to do, our community to do, as we enter 2021, it would be this. To give ourselves to new habits. And one of those habits being a daily reading of the Word of God. There is nothing that will change your life faster. There is nothing that will sanctify you faster 
than the Word of God. If you want a beautiful read, you ought to consider what the Lord Jesus said to us after he had dismissed Judas from the Passover meal, giving him the sop, before he ever used the elements of the bread and the third cup of redemption in the Passover meal to institute the communion that we're celebrating. Judas is gone. He's instituted the new covenant work through the elements And then he begins a discourse in John 13. And over and over again, he talks about a new commandment. Does anybody know what it is? Love one another. Over and over again in that speech. You see... The new covenant work that creates a new heart and a new birth and a new desire for the Word of God gives you a love for God and others. And over and over again in that speech, the Lord would talk about us loving one another as a new commandment. He said if If you're my friends, you're going to keep my commandment. He said, I'm asking you to love one another because I love the Father and I did everything He commanded me to do. So I'm commanding you to love one another. I'm commanding you to humble yourself like I've humbled myself and washed your feet. I want you to humble yourself and serve one another just like I've served you. And by this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. That's the new obedience. A changed heart that loves God and loves one another and loves their neighbor as themselves. A heart that serves All of this is part of the new covenant work of Christ. Obedience is the essence. But we're not alone in this. And if it depended on us, we probably couldn't obey. But when the Lord gave His new covenant and new birth and new creation, and new desire for His Word, with a sense of new obedience and new love for God and one another, He told us that we would not be left orphaned, but that He would send His Spirit and would have a new companion for this new commandment that comes from His new covenant, the Holy Spirit of God. you have a relationship with God's Spirit? I mean, do you realize that when you were born again, that the very body that your spirit is living in is now the temple of the Spirit of the living God? 
And so that the very members of your body are no longer to be used as instruments of sin, a slave to unrighteousness, but the very body in which you live and the very members of your body are to become slaves to righteousness using your body and all of its members to serve and to love through the power of God's Spirit. When I think of the book of Romans, to understand this new life of obedience, I cannot help but get out of the first chapter, where in Romans chapter 1, he talked about the obedience that comes through faith. He says that in Romans chapter 1. And then he comes to Romans chapter 5, and he talks about the obedience of Christ. And then he takes us to chapter 6, and he talks about yielding our members to obedience. And then he comes to chapter 7 and says how impossible it is for us to do this until we come to chapter 8. And it's chapter 8 that's been called the Pentecost of the New Testament because there's more references to the Holy Spirit in in Romans chapter 8 than there is anywhere else in the Bible. It's through the power of God's Spirit that we obey. As a matter of fact, in Romans chapter 8, it says that the requirements of the law are fulfilled in us as we walk by the Spirit of God. Your life of obedience cannot take place if you don't have a surrendered life to the Spirit of the living God. It's impossible for you. It's impossible for me but we failed to acknowledge the presence of God's Spirit. What we've done is we failed to hear Him. We're not listening to His Word. We are resisting Him. We're quenching Him. Yet the call of God is to walk with Him, to submit to Him. And you know how we do that? Who wrote this? the Spirit of the living God. If I could get you, the community of manor, the manor community, in 2021 to begin to read this book every day of your life and to pursue the knowledge of the Lord, and to ask for the Spirit of God for new obedience and new love. Can you imagine where we would be this time next year? New habits. A new walk. He'll end the book of Romans in chapter 15 and 16 about talking about taking the gospel of God so that there would be new nations who obey the Lord. We've already seen in our study in 1 Peter that the purpose of believing faith is obedient living. That is what this new covenant's all about. His law written in our heart 
not on tablets of stone. New obedience because we know the Lord. And I'm thankful that the day is coming in the sovereign plan of God for the nation of Israel. That little nation that began to regather in its land, in its inheritance in 1948. In some of your lifetime, that date took place. And we have watched for decades more and more Jewish people leaving the land of the north, Russia, the land of the south, the land of the east, and the land of the west. And they're coming back to Israel. Most of them in unbelief. But one of the great promises of God's Word that in the perhaps near future that community with hundreds of thousands of believing people will come to Christ and look for His return. And that nation will go through a time which is called Jacob's trouble. A time of suffering. A time not only for that nation, but for us if we're here as the believing people of God. But the end of all of that for national Israel is a full redemption when Christ returns. And every single Jewish person alive at the return of Christ, as they see His descent, as they see His rescue, will utter Isaiah 53 and acknowledge Him for who He is. And all of them, from the least of them to the greatest of them, will know the Lord. That day's coming. And I'm going to be there. When the Lord returns, I'm going to be with Him. I'm either going to be alive on this earth when He comes, and if so, I'm going to be caught up to meet Him in the air. Or if I leave this life and enter glory, absent from my body, present with the Lord, He's not going to leave me in heaven. When He comes, He's going to bring me with Him. And I'm going to see the greatest redemption in the history of humanity by the Redeemer. Do you have a relationship with him? A real relationship? 
Have you experienced the new covenant work of Christ that brings a new birth and a new creation and a new desire for His Word, a new desire for obedience, a new companion, companion in the Spirit of God? Are you really a part of the new community of believing people? Looking for that new name and the new Jerusalem and the new heaven and the new earth and looking to the one who can make all things new. I hope you are. And if you are not in Christ, do not end 2020 in your sin. But come to Christ and be in Him. Let's pray together.